Hello everyone and welcome. For this day, we are going to be talking about one of the most long-standing controversial topics in humanity, religion. My name is Ranza Ramos and for today, we will be going through the most popular and widespread monotheistic Abrahamic religion, Christianity. But before we get into that, I hear you saying, how can we exactly define religion? Religion is a phenomenon of a complex reality. To generally explain, it is a socially constructed institution. A group of people with similar beliefs, moral codes, practices, texts, hierarchy, and personalities. In anthropology, it is specially mentioned how religion is a concept that unites people. It is meant to bring humanity together through shared experiences. Very well said. Now that we have a general image of religion, let's get to know our topic of today. Let's listen in as Janela Lim explains to us the introduction to Christianity. Christianity is a worldwide known religion with over 29% of the population identifying as a part of some domination of Christianity in 2018, being the most popular monotheistic religion. But how is Christianity formed? Before believing in one God, many people in the past are polytheistic, which for example believing in Greek gods such as Zeus or Aphrodite. But we're not going to discuss it in this show. Moving forward, Jews started to believe that there is one person who can be their savior or so is called the Messiah. Well, there are different beliefs in different parts of the world but Jews wanted to create a group or group of followers who will believe in one true God, which is the Son of God. Jesus was born a Jew and raised in Israel. He was a preacher who spread messages of love justice and peace well we all know rome has a lot of wars or disasters going on in the past right jesus continued to spread his messages including the heaven above and perform miracles in his followers such as healing people well we all know the most famous one like healing the blinds or summoning the dead people Jews started to call him the one, the chosen one, or the Messiah. But wait, do you know what Messiah means? Well, according to the dictionary online, the promised deliverer of the Jewish nation prophesied in the Hebrew Bible, or a leader or a savior of a particular group or cause. Get it? Anyways, as Jesus continued to spread his messages to his followers, Romans considered him as a threat. Why? Romans were scared of him because Roman emperors might lose their powers to rule or to lead them. I think it depends on the people who will they follow, right? Jesus was crucified by the Romans and the cross became the symbol of Christianity. Jesus chose 12 apostles to help him spread his teachings after his death. And his teachings were considered as the religion Christianity. Janela was able to bring to life how Christianity is all about Jesus Christ and how this religion sprouted with Judaism origins, which is all collectively perceived as true. Now, 
Let's continue by getting to know some Christian contexts in this era. The Bible is 1,500-year-old library of 66 volume written by at least 40 separate authors. The earliest book date from around 1,500 BC or even earlier, and around the year AD 100, the most recent book was written. The word Bible comes from the Greek word Biblia, which means little books. When reading the Bible, we must understand that events mostly focuses on Christ, since he is the religious leader revered in the Christianity. The Old Testament and the New Testament are two parts of Christian Bible. The Old Testament is the original Hebrew Bible, the Jewish faith's sacred writings written at various times between 1200 and 165 BC. Christians wrote the New Testament books in the first century AD. The Old Testament is full of stories, laws, and proverbs that are meant to serve as examples of religious and ethical behavior. They form a coherent story about God in his attempt to relate to humanity with hundreds of characters and elaborate occurrence. The Pentateuch, former prophets or historical books, writings, and the latter prophets are the four primary portions of this book. The New Testament, on the other hand, tells the story of Jesus' life and the early days of Christianity, particularly Paul's efforts to disseminate Jesus' teachings. It is made up of 27 novels, all of which were originally published in Greek. The Gospels, Epistles, and the Book of Revelation are typically grouped into three divisions in the New Testament. Most Christians reference the Bible for guidance on how to live their lives according to God's will. The Bible provides counsel in many aspects of life, and Christians will seek it out when they are presented with a dilemma. That's very interesting. You can almost say that the Bible has kept the teachings of Christianity alive even after the death of its original 12 disciples, am I right? But aside from the Bible, what else is considered the foundation of Christianity? The Trinity is a doctrine that all Christians believe, but no one understands. It is said that if you try to explain it, you will lose your mind. But if you deny it, you will lose your soul. It has been regarded as the most difficult theory in the Christian's faith, as well as the religion's core reality. The Trinity theology is one of the most important Christian statements about God. It is based on the fact that God met Christians in three different forms, as the Creator or the Father, which is revealed in the Old Testament, as the incarnated figure of Jesus Christ, who lived among humans, and as the Holy Spirit, whom they experienced as a helper or guide to a new life. Christians believe that these three are co-equal and co-eternal, with the same nature and qualities, and deserving of the same adoration, confidence, and obedience. They believe that the Holy Trinity exists eternally. The doctrine evolved gradually over several centuries as a result of various debates. Monotheistic religions such as Islam and Judaism have questioned this claim. Others see this as a contradiction to the Hebrew scripture Shema, Hear O Israel, 
the Lord our God is one Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4. The so-called Arian disagreement arose in the 4th century when Arius attempted to defend and maintain a formal grasp of God's oneness in his own interpretation of the concept of God. He was forced to argue about the essence of the Holy Spirit. The Son is the same as God the Father. The word Trinity does not contain in the Bible, but Christians don't dismiss it simply because it is not in the book. They claim that the issue is not with the term itself, but with a concept or idea. Christians develop faith in the Trinity because of what the Bible teaches. Many people believe that this belief unites all true Christians while distinguishing themselves from others. It is said that you can believe and not be a Christian, but you are not a Christian if you deny this idea in your heart. One of Trinity's goal is for us to humble ourselves before God, who is far greater than our minds can comprehend. So, basically, from a Christian's point of view, the Holy Trinity they believe in allowed them to be more modest as humans. So, it is a fact that religion affects how people act. Interesting. Aside from the Bible and the Holy Trinity, Christians and other denominations here under practice certain sacraments that unite them as a religion. Could you tell us more about these practices, Allegra? This part, we are going to talk over the differences of other Christian practitioners' beliefs and practices like Protestant and Orthodox. Christian fractioners follow sacred sacraments in which includes baptisma like other religions do. Then the Holy Eucharist, Reconciliation, Spouse Boss of Holy Marriage, Communion, the Anointing of the Sick, and the Celebration of Christmas. Well, for Orthodox, their communion is called Divine Liturgy, while their marriage is called Holy Mystery, and their Bible is called Orthodox Study Bible, which is come from the Old Testament the sacred mystery of the Compassion Finance, they also of course celebrate Christmas. I find it for Protestants that they only practice baptism and Eucharist while they are using King James Bible for their Holy Book. They also use different standards of what should be in the Bible. They don't have Holy Week and they don't believe in the Virgin Mary. They, don't, they do not celebrate Christmas. Do you guys all know that Christians have a liturgical calendar? Liturgical calendar follows the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Some branches of Christianity follow liturgical calendar that honors more specific and tradition than the others. But here are the most important dates, seasons, and colors that Christians observe in many evangelical church each year. Do you guys have any idea why is the liturgical calendar important to us? Well, it's because the liturgical calendar uses terms, dimensions, and similar to a typical calendar. The purpose of the liturgical calendar, however, is to celebrate and understand the mystery of Jesus Christ and the expectation of His return in His glory. In each liturgical year, we celebrate the whole life and martial mysteries of Jesus Christ. Here are some examples of what we celebrate in our liturgical calendar. Solemnity, Fest, Memorial, Easter, and also Christmas. If you'd notice, Allegra was already able to mention some Christian denominations that have came to be in the past few decades. 
So allow us to formally introduce to you the most well-known Christian denominations, which include Catholicism, Eastern Orthodox, and Protestantism. Before the Emperor Constantine won a war to conquer the final quarter of the Roman Empire, which contained Italy and North Africa, he had a dream where he was instructed to paint the Christian symbol Cairo on his army's shields. These were the first two Greek letters that spelled Christ. He did so and they won the battle. Emperor Constantine then delivered the Edict of Milan in 313 CE, allowing Christianity to be legalized in Rome. This led to Christianity being believed to contribute to the Roman concept of Pax Deorum. How Pax Deorum works is that the state's worship of a god or a pantheon of gods could contribute to keeping the empire on its feet. Constantine's victory solidified that Christianity could contribute to Pax Deorum as demonstrated on the battlefield. After Christianity was legalized, Rome was still a pagan state that only tolerated Christianity. The declaration of Christianity as the official religion of the empire was only made official by Emperor Theodosius in 380 CE. Christianity was then modified to blend in with the Roman ideals. Theodosius decided to split Rome among his two sons. Arcadius ruled the east while Honorius ruled the west. I mean, if I were a parent, I'd think this was a good idea too, but apparently not. This caused five civil wars in the next century. These conflicts also caused the beliefs of the two halves to differ from each other, creating Catholicism, which comes from the Greek word meaning universal, and the Eastern Orthodox Church. This led to differences that ranged from when you should celebrate Christian events to questioning the divinity of the Son of God. These discussions carried on for a thousand years. The church was very strict in keeping the beliefs of the people uniform. Those who did not agree with the teachings of the church were viewed to meet eternal damnation, or in other words, expelled from the church and condemned to burn in hell for all of eternity. This caused the religious views of the Eastern and Western Empire to grow greater over the years until they both identified themselves as completely separate from each other. This was known as the Great Schism of 1054. Back then, popes were not merely religious figureheads as they are today. They used to have significant political power that even rivaled the power of the empire or the kingdom's leaders. This led to conflicts that involved a coup d'etat here and there, corruptions, wars. I'd expand on that, but it's a can of worms I'd like to leave closed. You have no idea how insane it got when the king of France himself got involved. The papacy, just like the Roman Empire, saw the state and the church as one. Pope Urban saw that the Byzantine Emperor had lost a huge battle as well as a portion of Anatolia as an opportunity to unite the two religions. This was by allowing the Byzantine Empire to recognize that the sticking with the papacy and Catholicism would be beneficial for them. In turn, the Byzantines for a few hundred years would then be ordered to carry out the infamous Crusades. And if you did your homework a couple of years ago in history class, yeah, you could see how much of a failure that one was. Also, there's this thing that the church did back then where you could pay the church to get rid of your sins and you wouldn't have to go to hell. And that didn't sit well with a lot of people, obviously. And because of actions like this, the state of the church started to decline and people then started speaking out their criticisms about the actions taken by the church. A man named Martin Luther was revolted by the actions of the church and wanted to start his own offshoot of Christianity. His beliefs abolished the papal hierarchy of the church and allowed people to freely read the Bible and create their own interpretations of the text within it. The access people had to the Bible was possible due to the invention of the printing press. This inadvertently resulted in the birth of Protestantism as people started to protest against the actions taken by the church. 
But then a huge problem came along when the people started taking their interpretations as absolute truth and debunked the interpretations made by others, especially in Catholicism. These caused fights that made people drift away from the Pope and create new nations based on their beliefs. This then inevitably started wars and persecuted those who thought differently. The irony I see in this is that Christianity branched out from Judaism and Jewish beliefs. The Torah was written to be debated over by rabbis endlessly with the understanding that there is no one answer and no one's answer is perfect. Meanwhile, Christianity over here started multiple wars over the fact that the Bible taught us to be strong in our beliefs in the face of persecution. This also meant that people would die trying to justify that they were right and everyone else is wrong even though these opinions have the possibility of being formed on the foundations of biases. So yeah, the wars continue, bloodshed, bloodshed. Over time, people then collectively decided that, hey, this is stupid. People keep dying because we make these choices. So why not practice our beliefs in peace? Why not just leave each other alone? This was then called the Enlightenment. They focused on science, art, literature, and education rather than spilling blood over differing views. And that's beautiful. Everyone wins. This period of peace continued until the 1800s where people started, yeah, fights, wars, again. Man, and I thought they'd learn their lesson. Being transparent, I completely love the story of the division of Christianity from the Orthodox Church to the Catholic Church. Then these two creating so much moral conflict that a third denomination had to be born wherein their main objective is to protest what was then the social norm. Speaking of Protestantism, I'd like to add that Martin Luther's declaration for a reformation was not subtle. He created a thesis with 95 reasons why the barbaric Christian church of that time should have been abolished. To make matters more radical, he even posted these thesis notes on the church's front door. Martin Luther's stand was so iconic, it allowed people's eyes to be open to the abuse they were suffering due to the church. And it actually didn't stop there. Protestantism paved way for other religious denominations outside of Christianity to be created, like Lutheranism, where they solely worship Martin Luther, Calvinism, where they solely worship John Calvin, which is a carbon copy of Luther's ethics basically, and the Anglican Church, which is the main religion of Great Britain. This is where they worship the royalties of England, basically. The Anglican Church actually has a really great story behind it. In simplest put, Henry VIII was trying to divorce his wife Catherine of Spain at the time. Of course, divorce is an act shunned by the Pope, and Henry VIII did not like this. He was so offended by this reaction that he created his own religion to compensate, which is very Martin Lutheranian of him. To summarize, I think it's worthy to note that Christianity is way more complex than what most know it to be. Yes, it is the most popular religion, but it is also one of the most misunderstood ones. Actually, all religions are misunderstood. So it is up to us, students, academics, and the contributors to the future generation to learn about these different religions in order to understand each other as we live in harmony in one humanity.